Lord God, I thank you for Sarah. I thank you that um, her heart, Lord, your, your word tells us that your eyes roam to and fro upon the earth looking for those whose hearts are fully yours. And Lord, I believe your eyes stop when they see Sarah and go, her heart is fully um, yours. And so therefore, Lord, we can trust that you'll work powerfully through her today. So welcome um, all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, and we thank you for her, we thank you for your word, we thank you for your spirit, and we open our hearts to receive um, life change today. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, man. Whew, what an intro. Everyone who doesn't know me, expectations high. <laughs> no, I'm expecting, I'm super excited. I have so much energy right now, and that's a good thing. I feel like the faith in the room's... Like we're blowing the roof this morning, the worship, like it was awesome. So I'm going to push you a bit today because I think Jesus thinks we can, which is awesome. I'm Sarah. I have a lot of energy and I'm a bit too much for some people, so I'm sorry. Um, I have a word to share and I'm really excited, so I'm just going to get started. We've been to a lot, it's been, people have been talking about it a lot. I'm going to breathe for a second. This idea of the journey, the walk, walk in the walk. Um, as people have been saying it, it's come up heaps of times, offering talk already this morning. And that's what I'm, I'm talking about this morning. Walk, how do we walk the walk? Yeah? So the goal of a Christian life is to live like Jesus did. Yeah, to live sinless. That's, actually, that's the goal. That's the purpose. That's the direction. That's where we're going. Um, Jesus is our example. We're to live a life like Jesus. So the Bible talks about being obedient to the Father, loving him with heart, soul, strength, mind. This is the goal. 1 John 2 verse 6 says, Anyone who claims to be intimate with God ought to live the same kind of life Jesus lived. Woo! I don't know about you, but I confess here openly that I have sin in my life. I do not lead a sinless life. Um, and if I mapped out my life, um, in alignment with Jesus, it probably looks a bit like this. <laughs> probably not even that pretty, like if I'm honest. Um, yeah, it looks a bit like that. But today I want to talk about, you know, what it is to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. Um, I'm, I'm going to be sharing from John, so mainly from 1 John. It's a book in the Bible. It's after Jesus has come and he's died. It's one of his apostles. He lived with Jesus. He touched him. He watched him perform his miracles. And he, and he wrote a letter, not to any church in particular, actually. He wrote a letter to kind of help encourage and help point followers in the right direction. So I'm going to be sharing from him. Um, I'm also going to be sharing about uh, from a great experiment that was conducted in 2009. And that's coming up. And I'm also going to share about some things that I've learned along the way. So... I stand here completely unqualified and unexperienced at the ripe old age of 29 to tell you how to live your life. <laughs> but I believe in a Holy Spirit who I'm putting my trust and my faith in to do extraordinary things, do impossible things for you guys this morning, for me this morning, that we would come to a place that you'll hear something this morning that you can't shake. It's going to stay with you um, and it's going to impact your life from this moment on, because there is going to be an opportunity for you to meet Jesus this morning and really find out who he is 
And if he is who he says he is, we'll sing about him this morning, way maker, miracle worker, you know, to be able to claim those things, to have that experience Andrew talked about, that Holy Spirit experience, that to receive the Holy Spirit so that you can walk out in faith. That It's happening this morning if you decide to. If you decide to engage. If you decide to make that decision. And that's completely in your hands this morning. Not mine. Not anyone else's. It's completely in your hands. So I can, I can say that I haven't lived a sin, sinless life, as you can see by my squiggly line. Um, and according to the Bible, I can accurately say that none of you have. Romans 3.23 says, There is no difference between Jews, uh, Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So unfortunately, we're not off to a good start. We're not really sorry. No one started at, the, at, at, a good, at a good point. But there is good news. Because the missing part of this verse, the end of this verse, says, And all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So you're a sinner, but you can be freely justified by the grace of Jesus. So I love the message version. I'm going to put it up here as well. So that's a, it's the same verse, different version of the Bible. It says, since we've compiled this long and sorry record as sinners and proved that we are utterly incapable of living the glorious lives God wills for us, God did it for us. Out of sheer generosity, he put us in right standing with himself, a pure gift. He got us out of the mess we're in and restored us to where he always wanted us to be. And he did it, did it by the means of Jesus Christ. Whew. Whew. Yeah, that deserves a clap. Come on. Are we awake? Let's be awake. So this morning, if you don't know Jesus, I recognize there are people in this room who don't know Jesus yet. Haven't started the journey. At the very start. If you don't know Jesus or can recognize that your life hasn't gone great under your own leadership, then you have an opportunity to meet him this morning. If you want to make a decision today to meet Jesus, it's just, I'm happy to meet him. I would like to meet him. I want to meet him. If you want to make that decision, it's not because of how well I preached and how, you know, fancy Bible verses I put up or how amazing the songs were and how well Nate sings and how good the guitar sounds. It's none of that. Jesus has been talking to you before you arrived here. He's put people in your life. He's put circumstances in your life. He doesn't start pursuing you when you're getting a church. Church is not the building. It's the people. It's his people. So he's been talking to you long before now. So if you want to meet him, you can. This morning, I'm op- these are the mercy seats. That's what they're called through the Salvation Army. They're a place that you can come and do business with God. That's how we see it in Long Jetty. But this morning, I've opened up mercy seats at the back. So if you turn around, you'll see Marty. He's got an empty chair in front of him. You'll see Val. Val's got an empty chair in front of her. If you want to meet Jesus, those people are sitting there to help. They help. Help introduce introduce you to Jesus. If you're like, I want to meet him, but I have no idea what to do next. Go see them. Go sit in an empty chair. Those chairs are available. And there will be no disrespect whatsoever for me if you stand up in the middle of my sermon and go sit in that chair. That's totally okay this morning. Because this, it's available to you now in your seat but if that if that's some sort of help to you to walk to the back of the room you can do that there's no time like the present what are we waiting for so that is available and if you don't want to go the front you can come to the front 
You can go wherever you want. Jesus, Jesus is everywhere. So I'm expecting that people are going to meet Jesus this morning. So the question is, once we have Jesus in our hearts, how do we decide, and we've decided to trust his leadership, what does the walk look like? Like what changes? What's different? I've met Jesus, now what happens? How do we experience this glorious life that we heard in Hebrews? John explains to us clearly that to live like Jesus is to follow him and follow his commandments. Jesus' commandment is to love God, love others. That's it. Love God, love others. That's all Jesus said. He, you know, there's ten commandments and they laid them all out and then the Pharisees added to it and it was a big long list and you've got to tick all the boxes. And Jesus goes, no, 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 no. Love God with all your heart, soul, strength and mind and love others as yourself. That's it. Boils it down, makes it easy. Made it easier for me because I can't remember a whole heap of rules and a whole heap of commandments. I can remember two. Love God, love others. I got it. So, 1 John says, This is his commandment, that we believe with personal faith and confident trust in the name of the Son, of his Son, Jesus Christ, and that we unselfishly love and seek the best for one another, just as he commanded us. I can't speak for you, but I can't get over how simple that is. Love God, love others. These are John's words, a man who touched Jesus, um, lived with Jesus, was an eyewitness to, to many of his miracles. And he says, the way to follow, the way to live, the way to do this walk, love God, love others. But if it was really that easy, <laughs> why does my life feel like a roller coaster made by someone who solely wants me to throw up? Why isn't it, bing, why isn't it straight? Thankfully, John has something to say about this too. 1 John 2, John stops to point out that there are things that will cause us to deviate. To, there are things that will derail us from walking the walk with Jesus. Yeah? And he points out three areas and he covers them all and kind of um, defines them all as the love of the world. Yeah? These three things, they're covered as the love of the world. This is what it looks like. So what does the love of the world mean? What are we looking for? What are the things that are going to derail us from this walk with Jesus? Um, are we talking like recycling, global warming, you know? Stop caring for the planet? No. It goes a lot deeper. It says, don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes out the love of the Father. Phys- uh, practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from Him. The world and all its wanting, wanting, wanting is on its way out. But whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. So what does it look like to love the world? We've got the next one. Looks like wanting things your own way. Wanting everything for yourself and wanting to appear important. I love that it's like, not wanting to be important. You just appear important. It's like, it's like, you're not really important. You just dress well and have the car and the house and the title and, the, and that makes you, a, the Bible knows, you just appear important, you know. 
you still got to do all the stuff everyone else has to do. You still get cold and sick and look terrible when you cry and all that jazz. It's true. We just appear important. But I'm pretty sure I can hit those like multiple times a day without breaking a sweat. Anyone else? Anyone else? Want your own way? Want everything for yourself? No, I want the last muffin. I have four people in my house. Sometimes I just want the last muffin. I made them. I ate them. Anyway. It's so easy to take our eyes off the path that Jesus has us on and to, like eyes off each other and I want what I want and get our eyes off ourselves. It's just, it's easy. It's easy. For me, it looks like, how's my parenting look to other people? You know, the success of my business, people pleasing for the approval of other people, um, anxiety when things don't go the way I've planned them because I planned them to the dot and there's minutes and now a kid doesn't put shoes on. And then that's where it starts. Kid doesn't put shoes on. Oh my goodness, parents out there. Anyone? Anyone? Shoes? 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 We shouldn't have shoes. Let's just get rid of them. Let's get rid of shoes. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I catch myself getting caught up in knots. I'm like, how did I get here again? Again. Seriously. Again. So how do we combat this? Like, how do we, what can we do to help against those things? Like, just to be aware, a bit more switched on, what can we do? I mentioned an experiment earlier. Nay, I'll get you up. No, I'm kidding. We're not going to human experiments. It's already been done. I'm just going to share it with you. Um, And I don't know about you, but I love when, like, the principles of God come through worldly contexts. You're like, you're saying, you're like, oh, of course that makes sense. Bible said. Um, so here we go. This experiment was conducted in 2009, and it was to test the common belief that if people get lost in an unfamiliar terrain, they will often end up walking in circles. Yeah? You got. Everyone's kind of seen this. You've seen that movie scene, and they're like trekking through the jungle and trekking through the desert. They're running out of resources, and we got to get somewhere. And the side character, who you know is right, and he comes up and he goes, sees the marking on the tree, and he very quietly speaks up to the overconfident leader who's leading the way. I know the way. And he's like, I think I've seen that tree before. <laughs> and you're like, you have. You're walking in circles. Everyone's seen that movie scene, right? It's in multiple movies. You're like, yep, you're walking in circles. That's for sure. So they went out to prove... Is it a tendency of humans to walk around in circles if they don't, you know, yeah. So, I'm going to get this wrong, but they found these four guys, we're going to go first names, Jan, Elijah, uh, Manish, and Mark did this experiment, credit what credit's due, um, and they came up with really interesting results. So, they tested this theory in a couple of different settings. They got some participants to walk um, in the Sahara Desert. They got some people to walk in a rainforest, like thick rainforest area. And they also got um, people to walk blindfolded on an airstrip. They didn't get the blindfolded guys to walk through the rainforest. That would be unsafe. They did that in like a flat, flat airstrip, right? Um, and so hand in hand with these findings for what we, they found out that we tend to do as humans and what John is saying we're going to marry them together and see what we can do about staying on the path. You'll see. It makes sense. So let's first talk about the blindfolded guys. I'm going to point to you guys. You are the blindfolded guys. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> so they, they, they got their participants, the people who are going to be blindfolded, airstrip. 
they blindfolded them for a total of 50 minutes. That's a long time. Like a long time not to, and like to not be blind. They actually tested blind people too, like naturally blind people. Um, and they said they got a blind person or a person who was going to be blind. They stood them there and they said, see, see that direction? You need to walk straight. And then they put a blindfold on them and told them to walk. Yeah. Um, I have four results from the walk. Let's check out the screen. <laughs> so A, B, C, and D are four different people. And their walks were tracked by satellite um, for what... The, the, so they did not walk in a straight line. This is what I want you to see. Blindfolded, they did not walk in a straight line. So the results of this experiment were concluded that under these conditions, being blindfolded, participants uh, walked in often surprisingly small circles, though rarely in a systematic direction. So none of the participants walked in a straight line. Um, but the study went a step further to discover that it was the small changes in direction, the small veering adjustments to the participants' belief of where the straight line was um, that became unreliable. Cool, you can put that down. Thank you. So they, they were able to conclude from the study that as long as no information about the absolute direction, so the very first direction they were told before they put the blindfold on, as long as there was no information given... Um, to allow them to recalibrate, the internal estimate of straight ahead became increasingly unreliable. So, what does that mean in English? So, for our blindfolded fellows, the ability to walk in a straight line wasn't just impeded by the fact they couldn't see, but it was, it was also by their own subject belief that they were walking in a straight line when some people were doing circles tight enough to fit in a basketball court. So they were doing these tight circles. They're like this. And they're like, I'm still walking in a straight line. I'm still walking in a straight line. I got this. I'm still walking in a straight line. Like, seriously, they all believed they were walking dead, dead center, dead straight. Friends, if we're going to do the walk, if we're going to walk this walk of the Christian life, then we need to know where we're going. We need to be able to take the blindfold off and see where we really are. Without information about absolute direction... Uh, we're going to wander around in circles and still think that we're heading straight ahead. This morning, you'll have a sheet on your seat. It'll under your butt, on the floor. If you've got a friend you're holding two, give one out. There is a square on the back, a square with a, with a single arrow line on the back. Think of the arrow as the path of Jesus' life, the absolute direction, Yeah? And maybe have a bit of a think right now of where you fall in relation to this line. Right now, take the blindfold off. Where do you fall in relation to this line? You could be bottom corner, top corner. You could be smack bang on the line and that's amazing. You could be, if you need another page, let us know. I've been there. I've been there. Does the direction of your life line up with the glorious life that we've been promised when we follow Jesus? Maybe yes, maybe no. You're the only one who can answer that question. But the reality is if you're not walking towards a goal, towards an absolute direction, then you're walking somewhere. 
You're walking somewhere else. So the gap on your sheet this morning is we need to know where we are to know where we are going. We need to know where we are to know where we are going. We've got 1 John 2.6. Anyone who claims to be intimate with God ought to live the same kind of life Jesus lived. Ooh, buckle in. You're like, ooh. It's, mm, mm, feeling a little, ooh, it's getting a little warm in here. Let's look at the results of the second experiment. So, next they had participants walk, blind, oh, walk unblindfolded so they could see. Yeah, they could see. They got them to walk through um, the rainforest and they got them to walk through the desert. Yeah? So, this time, they weren't given a point. It wasn't like walk to that. It was simply stand here and now walk in a straight line. So they could have started off this way. They could have started off this way. Didn't matter which way they went as long as they could keep a straight line. Yeah? I have an image of their walks through the rainforest to show you. And I'll I'll decipher them a bit because it's a bit harder to make sense of. Can I get those up? Yes. Okay. So we are looking at six participants. Okay. This little red dot, which might be hard to see, woohoo, don't trip down the stairs. There's one here in which KS and PS took off from, and there's one point here in which the rest of the four started from. Yeah? As you'll notice, RF, PS, there we go, thank you, PS and KS, they're all doing funky things. I don't, they've they got funky walks going on. Hey, why? Do you know what? You're doing a pretty good job. You haven't gone in a complete circle, but you're doing all right. But it's clear that MJ and SM, they're doing pretty good. I would call that a straight line. Yeah, an unguided straight line. You'll notice MJ does two walks. That's because he hits the edge of the experimental boundary and they're like, "Mm, you need to go that way. (laughs) Um, so, So he is walking straight. He, she, I don't know, MJ maybe? Um... They're walking straight. They just got turned around at a certain point. So what I found interesting was like these guys are all in the same terrain. We've all been told to walk in a straight line. But there's an obvious difference. Like what was MJ and SM doing? A sneaky phone? Oh, I don't know. Sneaky compass? I do know. Any theories? Ooh, we got clever people in the room. So... MJ and SM were the only ones who had visual of the sun for their entire walk. RF, PS, KS and AY all did their walk on an overcast day. The difference is the sun. So, from this experiment, these are not my but this is a quote from the experiment, what they concluded, walking to directories, the direction of the walking of several hours were captured via global positioning system, showing the participants repeatedly walking in circles when they could not see the sun. Conversely, when the sun was visible, participants sometimes veered from a straight course but did not walk in circles. Six participants walked for several hours in a large, flat forest area with varying undergrowth density. Four of them walked on a cloudy day, we saw that, and the sun was hidden behind the clouds. These four all walked in circles and three of them repeatedly crossing their own path without noticing it. Have you ever done a circle and not noticed it? 
Oh, you notice that after the fact, you're like, no, this is like the fourth time I've been around now, I'm sure. In contrast, the sun was visible when the other two participants performed the walking task, and these two followed almost perfectly straight course, except during the first 15 minutes when the sun was still hidden. When you look at it closely, it's like... Um, these results suggest that the availability of a reliable external source of information about the direction that they were intending to move is critical for maintaining one's course through unfamiliar territory. So, yeah. Oh, you already got the kicker, but here's the kicker. Um, the availability of a reliable external source of information about the direction you're intending to move is critical for maintaining one's course of action through unfamiliar territory. The gap in your sheet this morning is we need to keep our eyes on the sun. S-O-N. Play on words. Sun. Keep our eyes on the sun. 1 John 3.23 says, This is his commandment, that we believe with personal faith, we read this one before, and confident trust in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and that we unselfishly love and seek the best one another, just as he commanded. So if your intended direction of movement is towards the glorious life that we've been promised through Jesus to meet the goal of living like Jesus, then we need to keep our eyes on him and follow his commands. We've got the way, this is how we do it. We love God, we love others, but we need to keep our eyes on him because he's the, he's the example, he's the guide, he's the one we're, we're following. It would be a ridiculous notion to wholeheartedly follow someone, laying aside all the things that you want, all the things and the ways that you want them to happen and the importance in which you wish to achieve for someone that you didn't know or someone that you didn't trust or someone that, you know, you have no idea who he is. That's why we need to meet him first and he proves to us who he is. He shows us who he is and he lays himself out. We have the Bible to show us how he lived his life. Through the Holy Spirit, the Bible is our source, our map, our example, to be able to see how Jesus lived out his own commands. Like he didn't just like live a life and go, oh, this is the best way to live my life. Now that I've already done it, this is how I'm going to tell you to do it. It wasn't like, a, oh, I finally worked it out now that I died, and now you go and live that. No, he lived them out. He did it to show us and said, do the same, do likewise. Today, you can get your hands on a Bible or biblically rich information and content everywhere. On your phone, download the YouVersion app. Bible app, it's amazing. It's got um, Bible studies, all that kind of stuff. You can listen to podcasts. You can get it on Spotify. Like, there isn't actually an excuse for why you can't get to biblical content today. If you don't like reading the Bible, find an audio Bible. You know, there's like, there is ways around everything. If you, if you have having trouble, come and see me. I'll find something. I'll get it to you. But whatever you do, we need to continue to feed our souls and build ourselves up in the truth of who Jesus is. If we take our eyes off Jesus, we're going to be walking around in circles, wondering, wondering why we are doing this walk, questioning why we're here and who he is. So lastly, the last experiment. Let's talk about trees. The third way I've experienced, even in myself, keeping on the walk, 
So in the second in the second experiment, you know, the rainforest, we saw it. Yep, that one. Thank you. I didn't even cue that one. Tech team's amazing. They found so you can put it down, it's all good. So they did it through a rainforest and they do it did it through a desert. This was their findings. Veering was more pronounced in the desert than in the forest when the sun was visible. So for those that were visible, they actually found that they still veered more in the desert than they did the rainforest. They suggested that, that this may have been caused by the la larger changes in the solar... I'm not going to get this right. Azumuth. Azumuth. Just say it confidently, it'll be fine. Um, <laughs> which is the shadow of the sun's position. So... It's not actually the sun itself. It's like the shadow that the sun casts on the landscape. I know. Learned something new. Didn't know. Uh, so larger changes in the, uh, that word, um, in the desert or by the availability of additional visual cues in the forest. So taken together, the results reinforce the importance of having reliable visual cues for navigation, such as easy, easily recognizable landmarks. So, it was concluded that although the trees and other obstacles in the rainforest would have made it harder for an individual to walk in a straight line than in the desert, because you can't walk through trees, um, the added landmarks actually improved their ability to walk in a straight line than it did in the desert. Having the trees around, the things to dodge, actually made it better. They did better. So, the third gap today is we need to do this walk with others. Yay. Hebrews 10, 22 to 25. I love this. This is like a GR. I love this. So let's do it. Full of faith. Confident that we are presentable inside and out. Let's keep a firm grip on the promise that keeps us going. He always keeps his word. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out. Not avoiding worshipping together, as some do, but spurring each other on. Especially as we see the big day approaching. There are no better landmarks in the Christian walk than the safe people that you can walk with who are doing the journey with you. They're the landmarks. Find someone who's on the journey and do it alongside them. Jesus lived a perfect life, free from sin, and he still gathered trusted people around him and did the journey with them. I don't know why sometimes we think we can do this better than Jesus can. It's like, I don't need no one. I don't need church. I don't need other Christians. I'm walking this walk. It's like, no, you do. Even Jesus did. Like, just do it. It's okay. It's there for a reason. Jesus has put this in place. He's gathered us. He's called us into community, into a family for a reason. Create the landmarks you need, whether that's safe people or whether that is intentional times during your week. Sunday morning church, it's a landmark in my week. I know if I miss a church, I'm like, what day is it again? I don't know. I don't I'm not. COVID messed me up. COVID was terrible. I mean, it messed everyone up. But we can come back and set this as a landmark. Make church non-negotiable. Turn up. Be here. Be present. Rub shoulders with the people who are on the journey with you and get content. You're getting content right now. It's a place to get content, a place to be safe, and a place to come and rub shoulders with other people. Find a small group. Find a group who meets out of this. If this big group thing is just not your speed, that's totally okay. Turn up, but then find a group where you can have a voice, 
where you can share your questions, share your doubts, share your comments. You know, hear other people's doubts and comments. Go, oh, me too. I thought that too. Find a small group. If you can't find a small group, start one. Start one. Pull the Bible out and go, you and me, let's meet on Tuesday and we'll just open the Bible and we'll work it out. Awesome. Awesome. Ask the Holy Spirit to be there because that's wise. (laughs) But do it together. Find someone. Find something. Get content and gather people around you. You're not meant to be a silo. We're not meant to be doing this on our own. So let me come into land this morning because I've been talking a lot. We have heard that the goal of being a follower of Jesus is to to live a sinless life. We've worked out we're all sinners. We haven't started this well. But there is good news. We can come, ask Jesus, meet Jesus, come into relationship with him. And he gives us his free gifts and says, okay, now here's the path. Go love me. Go love me. Love me and love others. That's the path. But there is these things to get in the way. We want things our own way. We want, thing, we want everything for ourselves, and we want to appear important. And John goes, they're really scary stuff. The way to combat that is know where you are so we know where we're going. Keep our eyes on the sun and do this journey with others. So we got love God, love others. Three things. See, give me a simple this morning. Love God, love others. Know where you are. Keep your eyes on the sun. What's the third one? Do it with others. That's awesome. I'm going to get the band up and we're going to pray. Can we just give a hand for our team? Team. And not just the worship team, but the tech team that's been doing our slides for me. Thank you, tech team. You're amazing. We appreciate you. Let us pray, hey, because, you know, this is the part that you get to do business with Jesus. Like, this is, this is now, like, you can, like, block out everything else and you get to work out in your heart where you're at. And if you need to go meet Jesus this morning for the first time, Marty, Val, come to the front. There's little cards at the front with a little prayer. A prayer is just talking to God. It doesn't need to be anything scary. You're just talking to God and, say, and handing over leadership and going, I can recognize that I've done a really terrible job and I need someone to do it better and I'm going to trust you to do it better. Yeah? So there's prayers at the front if you want to come on your own. Marty and Val are present at the back for you to go, I just need to talk to someone. I need, I, need to, I need to be led here. It might be the first time. It might be the 50th time. You might have looked at that, that square and gone, Ooh, I'm not near the line. I'm not near the line. Or I want to be near the line. I want to be on the walk. I want to be moving forward. So if that's you this morning too, this place is open. And do you know what? If you don't come forward or come to the back, Jesus will just find you in a seat come and meet you but he's a gentleman Bible says he will knock he will knock at the door there's this image of there's a door but there's no handle on the outside he's not going to reef that thing open he's not going to be like let me inside he's just going to knock but there's a handle on the other side that you can invite him in you can say let's give this a go yeah just crack that door crack that door and see what happens Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are present. We thank you that you are with us. We thank you you've been told that you are our comforter and our counsellor, that you give us wise instruction. God, would you lead us? 
lead us in wherever we need to go this morning. Thank you that you know us all individually. You know us by name. You don't even just know us by name. You know the hairs on our head. You count them. Father, thank you that we can enter into relationship with you and you are trustworthy. You will never leave us. You'll never leave us to walk on our own. But you promise to be with us, to never abandon us, to never forsaken us. God, we recognize that the world, the things that the world gives us is cheap, cheap and nasty. But God, what you promise is full of love, is pure, and is going to leave us walking with you towards the goal, towards a life that is glorious that you intended for us. So Jesus, speak clearly so we can hear you. And would you drown out the distractions?